We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into this Tuesday edition of the Oxford Exxon podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready, Clark Ford Studio this morning, just after 8 o'clock, getting started. A few days away from Ole Miss and Alabama. We'll continue that uh that preview with uh, Tyler Siski. He's um, been a member of both staffs over the last decade or so. Tyler, um, I'm just media a little bit now, too. So a little bit of everything going on. We'll talk to him about the uh, upcoming game, what's uh, what's happening in his life, and just college football in general here coming up on the show pretty quickly and within the next 10 minutes or so on uh, on today's podcast. The podcast brought to you every single day by the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. And remember to... Uh, Go take a selfie. Go out to the blue sky right there on Highway 6 West. Take a selfie. Put it on Twitter. Tag Oxford Exxon. And then hashtag Blue Sky Rebels. You do that. You're automatically entered every single week during football season to win an uh, an authentic and official Ole Miss football helmet. That's all you got to do. They will pick a winner every week there after doing that. So, again, take the selfie. Hashtag Blue Sky Rebels. Tweet it out. Tag Oxford Exxon. And you are automatically entered to win. Again, coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. We are Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes and business hours right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. Get your quote. The rest is completely up to you. You can shop that quote around. You can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today, 662-257-1900. Guest, including Tyler Siski, join us on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline, Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. Be a great place this weekend if you're not headed to Tuscaloosa and you want to uh, get pregame or postgame or during game. It's up to you. Go to Rafters, enjoy the great burger, po' boys, um, great appetizers, full beer selection, great bar, the whole deal there at Rafters Music and Food. On the square in Oxford, rafters on the water at Sardis, and rafters New Albany as well. So, uh, Eli going to get fined by the FCC for his uh, his 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 fingers last night. That must have happened after I turned it off. Is that fourth quarter? 
Uh, I don't know if it was fourth. I don't remember what when exactly it was. But, yeah, it was later in the game. They were discussing Eagles fans, and he was telling a story about a nine-year-old flipping him off. And at some point, we got from there to Eli going, oh, well, they have time to blur this out. Bang, it's live. You don't have time to blur this out. So he double-birded for about five seconds on national television last night. Well, that will probably get him fired. <laughs> Someone will probably say that was racist or sexist or something, and that'll be the end of it. Well, the they end. have a four-week hiatus. They're not back until week seven for St. Seahawks. Is so, that right? They're yeah. gone for a while? Yeah, we got four weeks off. Oh, by then we'll forget it. Yeah. Attention spans are very low. So. Well, it'll be missed, too, because that is a spectacular broadcast. Is, I, I, it gets better. It by will the not day. get the broadcast canned, but I wouldn't. I, I'm sure producers yelled at him in the break because he came back and somebody made the joke said that the apology was almost kind of like your parents getting on to you and both both brothers kind of going, yeah, sorry, uh, yeah. you know, whatever. Because uh, he he sort of apologized and then Peyton kind of apologized for egging him on and 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 sort of getting him in that spot. And well, I think they're so they com- were talking with Chris Long at the time, and they're so comfortable that they forget. That they're even on, that yeah, they're on just, live television. Yeah, just whatever, whatever. Um, yeah, USA Today had a pretty good story about kind of how it came to be, what they did from a production standpoint to get it greenlit, and just how infrequently ESPN is willing to dive into unproven concepts with people who you whatever, don't say. Well, true, but it's the Manning, so it really? gets through. But the original iteration, and they made a great decision here. And seriousness, all credit to Omaha Productions or ESPN or whoever did this. They put a couple hosts in play during dress rehearsals. I think Kyle Brandt from NFL Network and somebody else to be sort of a moderator. And they realized that that didn't work as well as just letting them go. And they took the third party away and told them just to just to run it themselves. Peyton doesn't need a moderator. No, no, no. no. That dude could, he could do it solo. Yeah. Eli could just go away for 20 minutes and Peyton would just talk. Just through run the, it. He'd talk through the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they were t- they, they were talking about it, and I, I forget the exact tweet or who retweeted it. Because I found it really funny. Is anybody out there today? Nobody talking to us. Hello. Oh yeah, morning? there's Hi. lots of people. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah, there's lots of chat. Oh, I have no chat. Really? Uh huh. I guess I need to like reset it or something, don't I? I don't know. Yeah, my chat is completely blank. No, I'm looking at. Oh, there it comes. Okay. Pete, Georgia yeah. Rebel, All Daniel right. Cotto. Good morning, Wave. Right. Yeah, sorry. Um. They were talking about how instead of all the broadcasters, the color people that were traditionally in games, they all have to try to act smarter than us, and they have to give you all this jargon and all this stuff. Part of what makes Peyton and Eli so good, especially Peyton, as you said, they just tell you what's going on. It's not overly complicated. You're clear that they know more than you do about it. You accept that, and then you just listen. And Peyton dumbs it down better than any other color commentator yes. out there other than maybe Romo, and again, just talk. Just yeah. Tell us what happened. It's really a novel damn concept that you don't have to – I mean, the, the, the normal play-by-play guys and color commentators in the NFL especially, they almost remind me of like that high school guy writing the essay where he has to use amongst 14 times to try to make himself sound smarter. Yeah. They kind of do that a little bit. And you look at Peyton and Eli, and it's just – uh, you know, dude's looking right here. Hey, that's zone. Da, 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 da. Okay, I, I kind of get that. I understand it. Yeah, let's, sure. Let, let, let's move on. So, how did the part with? I know we got to go to Tyler in a minute, but how did, how did the part with LeBron go? I, I missed that. We were studying history. I listened to a, a decent amount of. They talked a lot of kind of football with him, joking around how in 2011, um, the Cowboys and the Seahawks both offered him contracts to play tight end while the NBA the NBA lockout was going on. Um, he said he still has both jerseys. 
from 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 when they 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 sent mock up jerseys to him during that uh some reason I activated Siri. Um, but it was it was fine. It was it was it was a ton of that. Um, Peyton had one interesting thing with him. And I got to wait to tower in a second, where they were able to. He was talking about zone and man in the NFL and comparing it to the NBA. And if some of the things that he saw, he had to go through from a thought process as a quarterback was the same thing as an offensive player trying to figure out what to do zone versus man. And the whole thing that really compared was that in both of them, in man, you don't have to think. You just react and you go and you know exactly what you're doing. Whereas zone, there is a split second where you have to read it, figure out the spacing issues and things that parlays over from football to basketball. And that if defenses play zone, it does. It inherently makes the offense a step slower than what man would do because they simply are just reacting to an opposition. Right. So I don't know. I just found that kind of interesting. But but in both, there's if if you play zone, you have to accept defensively that there will be a hole in the zone. That is correct. Yes, there is one there. If they and if they find the hole in the zone, then you get picked apart. Yes, I thought Saban was good. They were good with Saban. It was funny. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see long. I, I was tired. Yeah, so. it'd been a day. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll continue to talk Alabama, Ole Miss, maybe somebody live more in a minute. But I guess it's eight fifteen. We'll go to Tyler Siski here in a second on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. If you're in our stream, just uh, hang on, hang out for a minute, and we'll uh, be right back. And we'll uh, we'll talk to Tyler. Yeah, you might want to talk a second because okay. I got to go find it. I had a, a it was a busy text day yesterday, so okay. I'm finding. We'll get there in a minute. Uh, Lane Kiffin spoke to the media yesterday. Nils, uh, what he said, what he meant, up at rebelgrove.com from that. Um, so you can check out Lane. We'll obviously analyze that a little bit as uh, as the podcast goes on. But there was uh, that. And, yes, Saban was curtain. That's the reason he did the show. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, that's 100% the reason he would do the show. He's smart to do it. What was Peyton's comment about Lane? Did I miss something? Hello. Tyler Siski, kind enough to join us here on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Tyler, how are you? Doing great. Did I, just, did I, hit, the, did I hit the live airways with hello? You, you hit the live airways with hello, which is good because I, I told you, hey, be careful. Cause... <laughs> yeah, you, you, there will be no bigger fear for us than some people talking. You go, oh, no, 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 stop, shut up, shut up, shut, shut up, shut up. It's like, oh, God, they don't realize that we're, we're, we're live and, and there. So, no, you did good. A-plus so far. Yeah, hello. It's, it's not a four-letter word. I guess it's a, it's a five-letter word. I'm, I'm safe. Hey, we'll get into a, a bunch of things in a minute. I'm going to take care of a couple of things first. Um, I know you and Rich Rodriguez are really good friends. I, I think Rich's daughter works for your new venture. Um, have you gotten an update on Rhett so far today? Uh, not yet this morning. was doing a lot better uh, yesterday, and so I think things are heading in the right direction. Thank goodness. Um, I said a lot of prayers and just a – it's a real scary deal, um, you know, when it's and you know, you and I have talked before, but, you know, things are really, you know, everybody's like, oh, he'll be fine. He's getting better and all that stuff. But it's 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 a lot different when it's your child, you sure. know, and and uh, everything's always minor until it happens to your child, your family. So praying for those guys is just a real, real scary deal. Um, yeah, it, it, it could have got bad. And thank goodness for the trainers. Uh, that actually called it late. I'm sure I'll let them tell their story once they uh, get out. But uh, there was a, a very small window to uh, keep this thing from going to disaster, and they and they and they handled that. So hats off to the you know train staff. I know that's a Rich is very thankful for that as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because 
I mean, he was he was in the parking lot talking to people when they realized that maybe they had a problem. And yeah, it was after the game. Yeah, he I goes he that. goes home back to his apartment or something. That probably yeah, that's what well, they called it right after the press conference. Um, they just it was uh, my understanding is like his voice sounded different, um, and there were some. Um, you know, they, they noticed that there was, you know, basically air leaving the lungs um, where they shouldn't be. Um, so they called it and sent him straight to the ER, and, and uh, you know, he was under for a while. So um, I know he's doing better. Um, and my last report, I just want, you know, hope it continues that way. All right, we'll get to uh, we'll get to some stuff in a minute. I do want to say this publicly because you and I are good friends and we've talked and stuff, but um, – I do want to thank you publicly for the way that uh, you treated us when you were at Ole Miss in charge of recruiting, and we had to harass you about who was coming for visits and what was going on and that kind of thing. Not everybody that we've ever covered has been as professional with us as you were, so thanks. Yeah, but I mean, you know, what I look at it is you're going, you have a job to do just like I have a job. I had a job to do. Um, I've always respected that part of relationship with, I guess, with media. Obviously, you and I are friends, but, you know, I did it both sides. I didn't just, I wasn't just, you know, I know you guys were rivals and there's 247 and all that stuff. I did it with both sides. I there's think everybody side? has a job to do. Um, and I try to respect that because, uh, you know, I got a job to do too. So I know how tough that can be. Are you saying there's another side? <laughs> allegedly okay oh that's news um all right so you've been you've been at alabama you've been at ole miss you know a lot of these people um you've you've worked for uh nick saban you've worked with lane kiffin for a little while i know you know look, football coaches know everybody after a certain amount of time so you know <laughs> yeah. you know you know people on both of these staffs different levels of well when you look ahead to this game saturday what do you Kind of, what are your overreaching thoughts? What are some of the things you're looking for? Now, do you want my, do you want my, my coaching geeky, my coaching geeky things? What I look at? Yeah. Well, what, yeah give me the, so, give me the coaching geeky things, but try to do the yeah, Peyton Manning thing where you. Here, here's what I, I look it. at, and I've, what for whatever reason, this game's always piqued my interest, uh, especially this year. I've probably watched, uh, prepared for this game like I was coaching in it because I just want to, I want to see, you know, we make on our, on our podcast, we make our picks, and I picked this game. And so I really got into this one. And as, you know, it starts as dumb as this sounds, it starts with a coin toss because I'm going to learn. I want to know early. I will know very early in this game which way this game's going. With Nick, okay, and I best I guess I better say Coach Saban so I don't piss off anybody in Jackson, Mississippi. But with with Nick, the coin toss, he always is going to put out his his philosophy on the coin toss is he's going he wants whether it's receiving or kicking, he wants to do what gives him the best chance to succeed early. Okay. Well in a in a game like this, it's definitely take the ball. However, the Playing against Ole Miss, the best thing you can do is defer because you can use the halftime as a stop, if that makes sense. You can come down and score, the clock run out, and then you get the ball back, and you can basically get two scores for none. And I think that's a very important in a game like this. Same thing in Ole Miss's side, okay? Lane knows that he, you know, he learned from him too. He's going to want to throw his offense out there, but he knows if he can score at the end of the first half and the start of the second half, he can open it up a little bit or get back in the game. So 
if they get off of those philosophies at the coin toss, you know that both of those guys are preparing for a shootout. And so I know if Nick goes and he and he, you know, defers instead of taking the ball, he's preparing for a high scoring game. So you're gonna know very early what his mindset is without even having to see a play ran. Um the second thing really is the crowd. I think it's a big problem right now um, in college football that people aren't talking about because it's been a while, right? Yeah. Um, you, and you take, uh, you know, Ole Miss's case, they've, you know, they've never played in front of a hostile crowd with Lane, okay, and Levy and those guys. And so when you're trying to run a high-tempo offense, and I trust me, Lane is going to try to run as many plays as fast as he can. Okay. Sure. Well, that affects communication with the offensive line from the quarterback. Okay. And the snap count. Okay. So when you are tempo, you're going to clap for whatever reason. I can't explain it, but the clap, you can hear a clap better than you can somebody yelling. Okay. So it, it's, it works. I have no scientific reason to know why, but it does. You know, it's funny you say that because I was listening to, um, I was listening to some of the Arkansas-Texas A&M game at uh, Carson's soccer game the other day. So I was listening to a radio broadcast, which is something, frankly, I hadn't done in a football game in a long time. And you're right. You could literally, on the radio broadcast, you could hear the clap, both both quarterbacks. Yeah, I, don't, I can't – I mean, I'm not smart enough to understand why. There may be somebody smart you can get on here to figure that out. But it's, it's worked. And so, you know, especially on the road, that's what people try to go to. If – which is what Alabama, people don't realize this, but Alabama had a problem with that in a swamp, okay? So they had to go to a true silent count, and that slows down your tempo. It's also going to slow it down when Matt has to walk up and echo the call or, or flip the protection or whatever he has to do to the offensive line. So that could slow down the tempo a little bit, so that's something I want to see early because contrary to popular belief, Bryant Denny, when he gets rocking, is not the most rambunctious. It's not the loudest stadium in the league. I would say they're middle of the pack. Yeah. Um, and I've been on both sides. Um, you know, I've been visiting in home, so I've seen it, you know, many times. But it's the middle of the pack SEC stadium. It's not the loudest. So if they can handle that, that will be um, interesting. Uh, from a football standpoint, for me, it starts with – the, be- the biggest matchup that everybody's curious about, which is the Ole Miss offense versus the Alabama defense. I, th- if, I think if Alabama sits back and plays coverage and gives them free access throws with, and gives them to the tempo, it's going to be a long night for them. A long I think night for Alabama. They're going to have to come up and challenge the receivers, period. I, they're going to have to. So you're saying so, that if, if Alabama plays drop eight and plays soft, that it's going to be a long night for Alabama? Yeah, I think that's just delaying the inevitable. I think, you know, it's been a long time. You know, Arkansas kind of threw that in on Ole Miss last year and had success. Okay, well, this is a copycat league. It's a copycat game. And so everybody has been trying some version of that from time to time. And don't get me wrong, it's not like you don't ever run it. You just can't run it all the time. Um, you know, they took advantage of a young Matt Corral and a young offense last year, and they were gambling and were right that, hey, he's not going to be patient enough to check this ball down all the way down the field, okay? Or they're not going to be patient enough and they're going to get behind the chains, okay? Well, he's proven that. That's, you know, I think, you know, I was telling you this the other day, I thought the two-lane game, even though it was two-lane, was probably one of the best games I've seen Matt Corral play from a decision-making standpoint because he just took what they gave him. Okay, and then was and then obviously you see the production on the back end. And again, it was two lane, talent levels a little down on what he's going to see, but 
the decision making is the decision making. You know, the guys are still going to be in the same place. So uh, they're going to have to come up and challenge them. I think if you look across the board, and I, you know, I call a spade a spade. There's not one on, not any one on one matchup, in my opinion. Now there was last year that the Alabama defenders can't come up and play press man and win. I, I just don't, I don't see that. And so, but if you so take and and this is something that uh, I actually said last night on the podcast. But I, I just it came up to me. This is the first time, and I can't remember how long. And I'd be curious to get y'all's thoughts on this. This is the first time. And I mean years that an opposing team has come in or played Alabama or came in to uh, Bryant Denny Stadium, and the best college football player on the field is not wearing crimson and white. Oh yeah, I hadn't, hadn't thought about it he, like that. It's probably he's the, number two. It's the first time since Manziel, maybe. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. But even you can make the argument then. I mean, they were good. You know, they had dudes on the other side too. But yeah, I mean, Manziel. I mean, I mean people say Joe Burrow, but you know. Uh, but what happened when Joe Burrow went to Bryant Denny Stadium? They won. Yeah. What happened when Johnny Mansell went to Bryant Denny yeah, Stadium? A and M won. They won. So I'm not saying that's a, but it's the first time in a long time. That doesn't happen very often. And so the best college football players playing quarterback at Ole Miss. Let me, let me go back to this because it. I, I thought I do a a piece each week. I don't know if it's any good or not, but it, it's kind of funny it's i take what lane kiffin said and then i sort of try to interpret what he was trying to say or what he was kind of hinting at and i thought he played a little mental chess yesterday with with saban along these lines where he said oh yeah they're gonna we know they've been working on drop eight and they're gonna play soft and that's what they're gonna do and i think deep down lane knows that's probably not the way saban's gonna play um i think he probably deep down knows that saban looks at this game remembers what happened a year ago and says this is my opinion. You know the you know the people better than I do. I don't know that Saban's ego can stand that. I don't mean that as a negative, <laughs> but he gave up forty eight points, six hundred and fifty some odd yards, and I know Alabama won the game because Ole Miss literally did not stop Alabama. But the six hundred and something yards probably ate him alive a little bit, and so they're they're, they're going to try. He's going to try to go in and slam the door on Ole Miss. I expect Alabama to be aggressive, to do press man, to to do some of that, to sort of a you-know-what measuring contest a little bit because I just think that's who they are, and and I mean that as a compliment because they've dominated the game for 15 years now. I I just don't know that – I don't know that they have it in them to be like, no, no, we're going to be passive here. We're going to let them dink and dunk up up and down the field. And then so it gets to that matchup of – DBs versus receivers and and who can win some of those. I, I that's what I think. Except for this, Tyler. Here's the one thing about Alabama that I think's a weakness that nobody's yet pointed at much. When I think about Alabama defense, I always think about how they always have a Terrence Cody type player. Some cat in the middle of the defense who just eats up guard center guard, makes you go outside, and then they have all this speed that chases you down kind of like a jaguar chasing down a gazelle or something and they don't have that this year they don't have that dude in the middle that eats it up and you can absolutely you you can run on them in between the tackles now on the flip side and chase allegedly chase has pointed this out a couple of times Ole Miss has yet to consistently do that 
they, it's in their game plan with Connor and Ely and Parrish, and they can run the ball, and, and, and Corral is a gifted runner. They have people who can run the football, but it hasn't been their calling card just yet. Take a break in the podcast. Tell you about Community Mortgage, Oxford, Memphis, Soto County, and Chattanooga. All underwriting and processing is done in Memphis. They're getting local underwriting that understands your market, a leader in condo financing, the float down option, and more. You can find Jason at 662-234-2704 or J-L-O-W-B at communitymtg.com. Podcast also brought to you by Northeast Spark. That's N-E-S-P-A-R-C. Service people across rural communities, two packages, the 100 uh, Mbps, that's called the Ignite, or the Blaze. It's the one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio. I've got it at home as well. It's wonderful, the best internet in town, your hometown team, bringing you world-class broadband, N-E-Spark, with a C.com, 662-238-3159, phone service available, parental controls, network security, and so much more. So call the office for details, get the best internet in the Oxford area. Again, that's 662 238 Three one five nine. Visit OxfordMS.com. Go to the events page to see everything going on locally this week and every week. Remember that with home football returning here soon, you can um, see tunes around town. That's next Friday prior to the Arkansas game from 5 to 7. You know, get some carryout, get some dessert, get some ice cream after dinner, a lot of different ways to uh, – to listen to some bands, take in some time here in the Oxford area, which should be a packed weekend in the community. And then also the Double Acre Bus Tours, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock there on Friday. Take advantage of that. Um, you can buy an adult ticket, get $100 off a pair of Blue Delta jeans, and enjoy Oxford around uh, a home football weekend. Again, that's next weekend. And then in the meantime, visit OxfordMS.com slash events. Speaking of home football weekends, Johnston Hill Creamery. That's johnstonhillcreamery.com. They're located right there off Molly Bar in Oxford. You can uh, go see them, 662-419-9201, or email cheese at johnstonhillcreamery.com. 24 hours notice, and they will deliver right to your spot in the Grove. You don't have to do anything but call. Make the order. They'll bring it to you, whether it's a charcuterie tray, artisanal cheese trays, desserts, a lot of good size stuff there, including cannolis, hand pies, cheesecake bars, and much more. I love the uh, habanero strawberry hot sauce. Got that. You got pepper jelly, spiced honey, so many different options there with Johnston Hill Creamery. Podcast also brought to you by G&M Pharmacy, 662-236-2222 to uh, find out all the ways your community pharmacy can help you. They're right there on South Lamar and Oxford. Also with Tyson Drugs on the Square in Holly Springs. So let them take care of you for all your pharmaceutical needs. They deliver locally in the Oxford area and they offer MedSync. Figure prescriptions the same day each month. So whether it's one um, one carry out, one delivery, you get what you need with GNM when you need it. Again, 662-236-2222. And then finally, Nick's Tan and Associates. That's nickstanoxford.com for all your real estate needs on the buy side, the sell side. I've used them multiple times. Good friends of mine, O'Keefe Graham, Clay DeWeese, and their team of associates. Clay, also the District 12 representative and the Mississippi House of Representatives representing you. So give them a shot to earn your business in the real estate. You can go to nickstanoxford.com. Again, see the gallery view, see the map view, see different ways to find your next home or to sell your current home before looking for your next one. That's 662-281-1200, nickstanoxford.com. And make sure you tell them that we sent you when you talk to them there at Nickstan. Yeah, and to your first point, you know, a lot of teams, you know, so when like when 
I was here the first time, and then when I went to Alabama, the three four, you know, three four was becoming very popular. Okay, but also at the same time, the game was changing, especially in this league. Okay, it wasn't that long ago in this league that everybody lined up and played twenty one personnel and, and banged their head against the goalpost. Um, you know, really when we came from Arkansas State to uh, you know, you had Kevin Sumlin that kind of introduced it. Then when we came from Arkansas State here going, you know, spread, tempo, all that stuff. And then you had, you know, Gus go to Auburn. That, that transition happened like overnight. Um, I actually remember when I got to Alabama, I remember on the board I looked and I guess the year before they had been 71% in what they call regular personnel, which is what you would line up and play against uh you know, pro-style teams from a defensive package standpoint. And then the very next year, they were 70-something percent nickel, or what they call sub, which is five DBs. And so the game, like, changed overnight. With all that being said, the day, you know, the Terrence Cody position doesn't exist anymore because it, it's it's a wasted player versus these spread offenses. And so that position got smaller. And so you saw Benito Jones come to effect. You know, I remember when we were Alabama recruited Ed Oliver for a little while. You saw that quicker nose instead of the bigger nose, and the two gapping kind of. You still two gap, but you really don't. You don't need that big guy anymore. So to answer your question on the first part, that was it. The second part is it's really with personnel. Ely's not really an in between the tackle kind of guy. You know, you want him on the perimeter using what his skills are and his speed. You know, Parrish is the same way. He's uh, now Snoop. Now, he's a guy you want to run between the tackles. So I think you're seeing some of that based on the snaps. Um, and you've got to be careful. I mean, Alabama still – I mean, they got they got guys up front. It's not like they're bad. Um, I think it's where you attack them and how you attack them. I think you can formation them. I think that's what happened. In, you know, I went back and watched the Florida game uh, really close. They got formationed a little bit. Um, and they got tired. That's the truth. They got tired. I mean, I don't know what happened. Uh, but that's the first time I saw – I was like, I mean, they're tired. Like, they were not playing um, what I would call Alabama football from an effort standpoint, um, really from about halfway through the second quarter on. So, you know, I, but, yeah, I mean, I think if – again, I would still challenge it. If I was – I try to see it both both sides, right? I think if I – I would come out and play – you know, he calls it 25 buster. I would come out and play two-man, press two-man. I'd play a five-man box if I was Alabama and challenge and challenge Ole Miss to run the football down the field on me um, because I think that gets into the patience because I know that Lane and Levy want to score fast, Matt wants to score fast, and, and make them drive the ball down the field and see if they can be patient enough to do it. That would be – I mean, nobody's tried that yet. Everybody wants to drop 500 guys deep and let them get free access throws. Challenge them. Challenge them to run the football and challenge them to be patient. That's, I mean, what's left to do. I mean, that's it. That or play cover zero and bring the house. And then you open yourself up for getting hit, you know, you know, in some kind of, you know, counter scheme or whatever. But let's, you know, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. I don't know how many times they got to score 50 or 60 points till you try something else. So I think you got to run the gamut there. That's what I thought was the most, if I'm an Ole Miss fan, the most encouraging thing about the Tulane game was, and I get it, I get why Brian Brown at Louisville said, okay, well, we're going to look at what, what Arkansas did to Corral last year and we're going to emulate it. 
Uh, I mean, Ed Orgeron was still referencing um, what Arkansas did against Mississippi State last year against for what they did against mm-hmm. Mississippi State. Everyone, like you said, it's all copycat. It, it, right. They, there's a lot of games that get played. No one's reinventing the wheel at this point. But Ole Miss spent a lot of uh, offseason preparing for that. I mean, Lane's telling the truth when he goes, hey, we spent a lot of time working on dropping eight, We're working on attacking that. And Corral doesn't make mistakes against it anymore. And – he, he, he will absolutely, if you let him, he'll pick you to death. And then, so Tulane's defensive coordinator, and I can't think of his name right now. I'm sure he's a, a fine young man. He uh, he said, screw this. I'm not doing this anymore. And and they started. He got impatient. He got him. impatient and started going for it. And all of a sudden, the deep ball's wide open. And so that's what I'm interested to see. I know Alabama has a lot better personnel than Tulane breaking. But I am curious to see. My, my guess is that Alabama, unlike the others, will try to shake it up and mix it up and try to disguise some things and see if they can't uh, trick them a little bit. But what happened a year ago, and this is where I'm getting into this next question, I promise. A year ago, Ole Miss said, screw it, we have to score touchdowns on every single drive because we're not going to stop them. In your opinion, does Ole Miss's defense, has it improved enough to get a few stops on Saturday? The short answer is yes. Um, the, long, the long answer is that that's something I'm also interested to see because here, here's, the, here's what's happened in the first three games is the, the Ole Miss offense has put the other team in bad – and this is what the Ole Miss is – I mean, it's, it's how you win football. We lose you, Tyler. And they've gotten yeah, so far ahead so quickly that it really forces teams to get out of their game plan, okay? And they start doing things. And if if you are, okay, I mean, this game, you, know, you got to run the ball. you gotta have you got to have some kind of drop back pass or, you know, whatever, and you got to have play action RPOs. Well, if you can, if all of a sudden you get ahead and now you eliminate three of those things, then you're sitting here with it's in a drop back pass game. And you can start eliminating things, and you can start, you know, you know, pinning your ear, you know, Sam Williams. Hey, Tyler, you're you're breaking up on us just a little bit. Not hey, hey, been Tyler, forced to stop the run yet. You're, you're breaking up on us a little bit. Wherever you were when you started the interview, if you could go back there, that would be awesome. Oh, the whole interview, awesome. These, so you got me back now. Yeah, it's good. Okay. All right, so what is what what I'm interested to see is Ole Miss has yet to really have to stop the run yet, okay? And so they're going to see that Saturday. And so these the new scheme they've got that's basically an odd front with playing a dime package on the back end that's forcing these safeties and DBs to be in, involved in the run fits. They're going to have to come down to make plays. Well, Alabama's pretty damn good at play action, okay? And so these are they going to be able to hit the play action shots because they got dudes to throw it to too, and they can run. And so that combination of having to stop that, I think that's going to be the challenge. Um, I do think Alabama scores. I think Alabama scores. Um, I think it's they score in the 40s, okay? And, uh, I mean, so – but I, can they get a few stops? Yeah, but I think at the same time, I think Alabama's going to get a few stops too. I don't think this is going to be a uh, game completely like last year where I think what was some – y'all probably have already talked about it, but it was some crazy stat like 33, 23, some kind of three yards that the Alabama offense would have gotten versus air. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was insane. I don't know what the stat was, but it was something crazy that they – if they literally went out there and played against air 
they would have only gained like 33 more yards in that game. I think that's I, the right number. Is it that was, right? It was something, yeah, it was like you looked at it and went, oh, my God. I mean, it was unreal. They, they I mean, almost didn't stop them at all. Neil and I were talking about it yesterday, Tower. It seems like just to us, and I mean, you can tell me what you think here. If this thing gets into the 40s, that feels uncomfortable for Ole Miss. It feels like for yeah. them to win this football game, 40 sort of the number that if Alabama hits it, it's probably the Tide winning a game. I'm actually on the other end. Really? Okay. Uh, yeah. I think a high-scoring game benefits Ole Miss. I think the more that means, you know, I'm 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 on the uh, I'm on team. If it's a high scoring game, I think Ole Miss wins the game. Period. So you think Ole Miss can get into the 40s against Alabama? Oh yeah. Why wouldn't they? I don't know. They scored 48 last year. I mean, they did. They scored 48 last year, but it. If, if you're if you're if they hire you tomorrow to be in Vegas, what's the uh, what's the line on this game? And just in your mind. Oh, you're saying if I'm putting if yeah, I'm it, if yeah, I'm in it, Vegas, yeah. If you're the bookie, what's the what, what's, I'm the, the, what's the line? I'm at seven and a half. Oh wow, really? Okay. I do think 14's way too high. To the point where I wonder, like, is it a trap? Yeah, I feel like I'm being sucker here. Um, it just feels like I, way too many points because yeah, I think so, Ole, I think Ole Miss can abs- absolutely get into the 30s, which means for Alabama to cover that line, I mean, you got to get 50. Yeah. And that's a yeah, lot, I'll that's go a ahead, lot of points. I'll go ahead and 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 save the save the Ole Miss fans that listen to our podcast uh, that get my picks. I'll go ahead and I had two of our, I took two picks in this game. Uh, we do we do uh, five regular lines, then we do a money line pick, which is where you take the underdog to win outright, and you sure. just have to pick one. So this week, two of my picks was Ole Miss plus fourteen and a half and the over. And I don't care if the over gets to ninety. I don't care. Like, just take it. Whenever you take it, take it. Um, it started like 76. It's up to like 79 and a half or something crazy like yeah. that. I think I saw this morning. I don't care where it goes. Um, but people forget there were 111 points scored in this game last year, right? So there had to be, you know, the, the players really, I mean, I don't know. There's, But this game goes two ways. And, and I say that because if, if, if I lose all those bets – this is how it goes in my mind. If it's a high-scoring game, that benefits Ole Miss, okay? If it's the only other outcome that happens is, you know, and, and Nick does, and I can we can talk about that later, but he has been preparing for this game. I don't know this for a fact because I haven't asked him about it, but when we talk, we don't talk about that. But I've, I've been in the building long enough to know that he's probably watched like the film on Ole Miss every day since – the off season. That's probably about as factual as you can get. And Lane probably knows that too, because he, I think somebody uh, would probably ask him that sooner or later if they haven't already, but Lane knows what goes inside that on inside that building. And, and, and he probably knows that, that Nick's been, that bothered him. And, and look, Nick doesn't want to lose Lane either. Now I think he'd rather lose to anybody else of one of his former assistants, but Lane. Why is that? Do you think? Oh, because Lane's going to talk about it. <laughs> Like Lane, if I, if Ole Miss goes into uh, if Ole Miss goes into Bryant Denny and Lane is the first head coach, assistant coach to beat Nick, like Lane may retire and just tweet about it for the rest of his life. <laughs> like he might not even come back. Yeah, that's you what's know. fascinating about this is that the two guys are asked about each other, and it's just my opinion. I think Kiffin has a tremendous amount of of 
professional respect for Saban. I think that's obvious. And I think Saban begrudgingly shares that respect for Kiffin. But this is just me, and I'm going to be honest here, and you can tell me I'm wrong, and I might even partially believe you. I don't think the two men particularly like each other personally. Uh, I mean, I really don't. I don't, I mean, as crazy as it sounds, I don't know that to be fact or anything. Um, I do know that they respect each other professionally and all that stuff. Yeah, sure. Sure. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, that would be uh, something you have to have. I mean, I know they're going to they're gonna say, yeah, we like each other. I, I, really don't, I don't know that to be um, – And I don't mean like there's fact. some animosity. Like, like it's not – like, look, there are other sports writers that I quasi-respect professionally that if they were on, in front of me on fire and I really needed to urinate, <laughs> I wouldn't relieve myself. I mean, I, yeah. you know, I just – I mean, they're totally – I will say I this. think it's that. They are totally polar opposite people, okay? And it's kind of like – it's kind of like – you know, Nick's like, kind of like the grumpy old granddad and in Lane's the rambunctious kid. You know what I mean? Like, but I, I don't know. I right, think well, deep me, down let, let they, they like this. each other. But I just think they're two totally different people. But I wouldn't know. You know, they're just they, – they really could not get further apart of what kind of people they are. I mean, they're on polar opposites. All right, so if you told Nick, if the football gods came down and said, Coach Saban, and I'm sure they, they, there'd be a lot of respect between the football gods and Nick Saban at this point – but they said, hey, listen, here's the deal. This, is, this has been mandated from on high. You have to lose to one of your three high-profile former assistants. You have to lose to either Lane Kiffin, Jimbo Fisher, or Kirby Smart. What's the order? You get to pick one, but you are losing one game. You're going to win two, but you're going to lose one, and you get to This is the easiest Mike question up. you've ever asked me. And- okay. Ever. All it's right. Kirby Smart. It's not even an up for discussion. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's not even up for discussion. I think uh, Kirby's like his son. And they've, they spent, you know, him and Jimbo had a cup of coffee together, kind of like Lane had a cup of coffee together. You know, um, they wasn't there very long with each other. I mean, Kirby's been with this guy, LSU, Miami. He comes to I me. Mean, he, he was with him for a long time, and they're they're – He's like his – I think, you know, when you can say that Jimbo, if you ask Jimbo who his mentor, you know, who really brought him up in this business, it's not Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. If you ask Lane Kiffin who his mentor is, he'd probably tell you Pete Carroll. I would think so. I'd imagine. Or, or somebody, you know, his dad. I, I don't know, yeah. but it's not It's not Nick Saban. If you ask Kirby who his is, 100 out of 100 times it's Nick Saban. And – Vice versa, I think Nick knows that. I mean, he he literally raised Kirby in this business from a GA all the way up. Now you think about that from the time he was a GA all the way till he was. I mean, he gave him his first full time job all the way through, and he had the one year. Kirby had the one year where he went back to Georgia. People forget about this as the running backs coach before he came to Alabama. But he's been there the whole time. I mean, he was there the rest of the time, and now being a head coach, I think that's an easy question. And I think, you know, that's that's how, you know, Nick would knowing Nick, that's how he would want it. Does but Kirby, Lane would be dead last. Does Kirby have the best else, the I think he would like to lose to Jim McElwain at Central Michigan or wherever he's at now before he'd lose to Lane. Like of all every assistant ever, I think if Dooley came back and got a job somewhere, he would rather lose to Dooley than than Lane. Lane would be the last on the list. 
like that, like beyond dead last. And on the flip if side, if I came I, back and got a job at Delta State, he would rather lose to me than he would for he would. That'd be, a, that'd be a hell of an upset, Delta State. That would that'd be great. They played with Jackson State on Saturday. Right? I, it was close. I, Jackson State was in the, in the hotel. They were they spent their Friday night in the hotel where we were. Did they? Yeah. Okay. Georgia good enough on offense to win the title with that defense? Is, are they, Georgia's are, best team in the country. Period. Yeah, that's what I was asking. Okay. Not even like for me. That's not. Yeah. To answer your question, yes. Yeah. I I I, I think I. Florida will give it's because games are about matchups. I guess that's where a lot of people. Too many times people like to compare scores. You know, hey, this team beat this team, and this team beat this team, and this team beat this team. But games, I look as games as matchups. And with that being said, I think Ole Miss has a better chance of beating Alabama than they do Arkansas. You think Ole Miss has a better chance of beating Alabama than Ole Miss has of beating Arkansas? Correct. Because it's about matchups. I think Arkansas is going to be patient. They don't. They don't have their lineup and just. I mean, will they attempt fifteen passes the other night and they just bullied them around? They're good on defense. They will be patient. Um, will yeah, Alabama they will be patient enough? I think Alabama. When you get stops against Alabama on Saturday, you're going to see a lot of it's going to be because they're behind the chains. Um, I don't think – I mean, that's what Arkansas does is they just – they're patient, and that's kind of what you saw a year ago. You know, that's that offensive and defensive mindset is they're going to be patient, and they're going to make you earn the win. Now, you may do it, but they're going to play fundamentally sound and, and be patient, and they're going to run the football, and, you know, they're going to run the quarterback. Now, as long as they're healthy and all that stuff, you know how – both that's going to be the – that's going to be the – the big thing next week is not going to be just about if they were, if everybody's healthy and everybody's ready to go, I would think Arkansas has a better chance. They have a better chance of beating Alabama than Arkansas. However, Arkansas is going to play Georgia this week and Ole Miss is going to play Alabama. So the injury reports could, could uh, be interesting next week. Yeah. I'm with you on the Arkansas, not about Arkansas beating Ole Miss necessarily, but if I'm Arkansas and they won't do this because it's a big game to Pittman going back to Georgia and, in the national spotlight, probably for the first time, and when was the last time Arkansas was relevant? Petrino, probably, Ohio. probably when Petrino, yeah. uh, before, when he when he fell off the motorcycle, yeah, allegedly. I don't think they have any shot at all at Georgia. I I would be tempted to send my double A team in there and just take the beating. That's not what they're going to do. But you're right. That game next week gets Lane. I thought Lane made a couple of comments yesterday that were directed in that way about, hey, look. It's a big game, and I want to win it. But he was trying to not let people do this Super Bowl thing on it because some of the national media is trying to Super Bowl it. Some of the local media is trying to Super Bowl it. And Lane's been around this long enough to know that Arkansas is coming next week whether you win or not. And if you lose, you you got to get over it. And if you win, you can't celebrate it until Thursday. You, you It's going to be the challenge for – more so, I think, for Ole Miss than Arkansas next week because I think deep down Arkansas knows we ain't winning at Georgia. This is a free shot. Yeah. And I think Ole Miss is going over to Tuscaloosa thinking it's going to win the game. I really do. I think I think oh, you sure. can read body language and you can listen to people comment and there's a there's no there's no I mean I jokingly call it Bama Respect Week and they're doing the respect thing, but they're not intimidated. Matt Corral basically said this yesterday. That a year ago they were worried about playing Alabama, and this year they're just worried about having a good Tuesday, having a good Wednesday. 
You can read into that. You can read into that. They're they're going over there. I'm not saying that Ole Miss is going to win the game. In fact, I'm probably not going to pick Ole Miss to win the game. But I think they're going over there thinking they're going to win it, which means that you have to you have to turn around on Sunday and Monday and process whatever and get ready for a, a completely different type of team. Yeah, that's very well said. I like. I'm glad I didn't see that. I wish I saw that. Uh, very well said by Matt. But you know, are you surprised at Matt's progress? I mean, no, he's grown up. I mean, I mean, he's come a long way from the guy that uh, you know he he uh, <laughs> when the well, I don't remember what year it was now eighteen the Egg Bowl eighteen I guess when the, the big fight broke out he yeah. was the one that started and they threw yeah. out the other number two on the other team so it was great because <laughs> um, we had no one else to play um, but he he's come a long way and he he's matured um, he's look he's talented and I've told you this off the air. I've been around some good ones, man. Um, some are still playing. Um, he he's the most arm talented uh, quarterback, just complete because he can run. He's athletic that I've ever been around. I've been around some good ones, uh, and you know the only thing, and he is fiery and he is a competitor. There's just such a fine line between being having the moxie and having the toughness to where it's. You know, you can use it for the good, and then there's a fine line when it can be a detriment. And I think he's hovered around that. You know, at first he was below the line, you know, forcing balls, you know, trying to score 21 points on one drive, you know, instead of just, you know, always trying to make, you know, I guess you could, you know, people call it like it's very similar to Brett Favre. Yeah. He's just going to be, you know, like that, you know, you saw early in his career, and then he learns. and But he's matured not only, you know, on the field, but off the field too. And, you know, as you people, you know, and in, in, you know it in recruiting, y'all heard me, I'm not going to say it, y'all heard me say it a hundred times, but that stuff goes hand in hand. A mature guy off the field plays mature on the field. An immature guy off the field plays immature on the field. It, it goes hand in hand. And with decision making and doing the right things and being accountable, and I think the the jumps and the leaps that he has, no, I'm not surprised um, because he always he's always been a great kid. Um, it's just a matter of him, you know, getting older. And uh, I'm so happy for him because uh, I love him to death. You know, he's um, he's my kind of guy back there. You know, he's he is a uh, he's a competitor, so I love him to death. The Oxford Exxon Podcast also brought to you by Automation and Control Systems LLC. Clay McNutt there in Baldwin, Mississippi. He runs ACS. It's a complete electrical control system solution provider and a Rockwell automation recognized system integrator. If you're in need of custom HMI and SCADA solutions or large horsepower VFD specialist, ACS has you covered. They can service and install Rockwell Automation, Allen Bradley, Siemens, ABB, Square D, and many other manufacturers. For more information or to get in touch with them, go to acsllcms.com. Or call 662-601-4381. Pinpoint Commercial Real Estate is based out of Jackson, Mississippi. They service the entire state in all commercial asset classes such as retail, office, industrial, and land. Sam and BB are Ole Miss grads. They pride themselves on hard work and maximizing value for their commercial clients. This week's property spotlight is on the Medical Parkway in Flowood, Mississippi. The Medical Parkway consists of 94 acres situated around the newly opened Sheraton Hotel and Conference Center and the newly renovated Refuge Golf Course. It's uh, ideally positioned between the International Airport and Flowood Medical District, so it's an excellent opportunity for hospital, medical office, professional office, and retail users to position themselves in one of the most vibrant submarkets in Mississippi. So give Sam and BB a call, 601 
586-3220. Blue Delta Jeans makes the best fitting, most comfortable jeans in the world because they are uniquely made for you and only you. Raw denim jeans, custom fit, hand-tailored in Tupelo, Mississippi. One size fits one at bluedeltajeans.com. Go to that site. Uh, use the virtual tailor, get yourself fitted, and design your very own pair of unique blue jeans just for you. And then we'll make it even better. When you go to checkout, enter the promo code REBELGROVE, all lowercase, one word, at checkout and get 10% off your order on BlueDeltaJeans.com or in the Oxford studio. We're brought to you by Lamons Fine Jewelry. Lamons at 1126 North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford has been serving the Oxford area for more than 73 years, from engagement rings to wedding rings to fine jewelry, watches, pearls, fashion jewelry, children's jewelry, and more, Lamons is the gold standard in fine jewelry. Visit them at LamonsFineJewelry.com or call them at 662-234-2777. We're brought to you by Comer Heating and Air and Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. Different names, but it's the same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer at 662 801 one seven seven seven. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, there call six six two four two nine forty four twenty nine. The College Corner is your one stop Rebel shop. Two locations in the Jackson area in Ridgeland. It's next to Fleet Feet and Flowood. It's next to Half Shell. If you don't live in Jackson, it's okay. Go to collegecornerstore dot com. Plus, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Whether you're tailgating in Oxford or home gating with family and friends, the College Corner has you covered. For game day with the largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. And we're brought to you by Pinnacle. Get in touch with the people at Pinnacle. Uh, They provide detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and much more. They also are home to the Pinnacle 401k advisory services team where they can conduct a complimentary, no-obligation benchmarking and analysis of your current 401k plan. It's mypinwealth.com. M-Y-P-I-N-N Wealth.com. We've kept you a long time. We'll leave here. Uh, I do want to get you to tell people about how they can listen to your podcast and about your new venture. But before we do that, give me your pick. Who wins? Ole Miss, Alabama. Oh, you had to do that to me, didn't you? You had to kind of think that was coming. I mean, it it can't be a shocking question. I mean, I can't pick against Alabama winning the game. Here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm doing. I am. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm taking Ole Miss in the points. That's easy money for me. Um, and I said that, and then I'll go get blown out. But anyway, I'll be like, and I'll join every other Ole Miss fan with the misery and all that stuff and disappointment. Now I can join that crowd that always said that we always disappointed them. So I can join y'all. All right, but here's the deal. <laughs> I think if it's a high scoring game, I really do think Ole Miss wins the game if it's a high scoring game. If it's a if Alabama solves the mystery and all the off season and all that stuff, Ole Miss that just lose the game, they get blown out. So now, get- with all that being said, I am I did not bet this. I am going to say because I can tell you this: who's the, who's kick is K, is Costa the kicker now? Is he that is. who they have yeah, settled on? Yeah. 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 At Ole Miss? Yeah, yeah. Costa's the kicker. Okay, well, he just needs – all he needs to practice this week is extra points. He does not even attempt a field goal in this game. So, I'm going 49. Ole Miss is going to have 49. I'm going – Alabama's going to have 52. 52-49 Alabama. 
Well, ESPN or CBS will love you if that, if that was true. They get fifty-two forty-nine <laughs> yeah. Alabama yeah. Ole Miss with. Uh, yeah, they would. They would be giddy. That's. I, I can't see it being being a low-scoring game. I just can't. I don't know. But look, I, I said this yesterday on the podcast. And I'll say it again. If I'm if if you like to gamble and do it responsibly, please. Don't be scared to sprinkle some money on that Ole Miss money line because I'm not going to be surprised. I just, I just can't until Alabama loses. I just can't pick against them to lose. I just can't um, because how many times have we I'm said, same, "Oh, this is the I'm, week, I'm same this boat. is the year"? Yeah, I'm same boat. You know? I just can't. I can't until the till the crown is off the king. I I, I can't. I can't do it. But and as nuts as this sounds, and I, I, I'm going to lose all 900 listeners that I have in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, but I'm not like I really want to pick Ole Miss to win this game. I just I don't know why I can't. It's like if this was any other team, I wouldn't have a problem with it. It's just a, I just I really think they have a look like a beyond legit shot. I really do, and. Um, and I think it's a nightmare. We talk about the game of matchups. This is a nightmare matchup for Alabama now. Nightmare. Like if you told me, if you you talking about you got to go in the future. If you told me, and this is going to really drive people nuts. If you told me that, hey, what if I told you you woke up on Sunday morning and Ole Miss like beat Alabama really good? I'm not going to be surprised. Like I think that's possible. Like, like it's not there's, say, there's a really big good. window here of what can happen. You mean like forty eight thirty eight or something like that? Yeah, or or worse. Like because here's the thing, and y'all have watched it. Look what happened to like guys Tulane, and I know they've you know they lost this all stuff and all that. But you wake, you look up. Well, look what happened to Louisville. I mean, you look up and you're behind, and you start chasing points, and you start chasing. You know, you start trying to score, you know, 14 points on one possession. You start do, getting out of your game plan and pressing. It's human and nature. that's the pressure that Ole Miss offenses put on teams. You see it in the NFL. You saw it with Philly. It's the Kansas night. City Chiefs of, the, of college football. Yeah. I, I know we're we'll letting you go in a second. I'm just kind of curious about this, though. You mentioned Arkansas next week. Looking at Ole Miss's rest of the schedule from a matchup standpoint, what do you see as the most difficult games the rest of the way? I mean, what's the – even with a loss, I mean, is there the path to 10-2? and two? I mean, what, what what do you like and don't like about matchups in the rest of the league play? Yeah, matchups – I mean, obviously it's Alabama, so it's – I mean, you can't sit here and say it's a good matchup, but they have – it's as good of a matchup yeah, as sure. you can against a great team. So, you know, it's Alabama, but whatever. Arkansas is going to be a tough matchup for Ole Miss. As dumb as this sounds, I think Auburn's a tough matchup for um, Ole Miss. Now, too. good matchups. I mean, I wish I could get a line right now. I'm taking Ole Miss money line against if they're underdogs against Texas A&M. And I think that's a terrible matchup for A&M. They may boat race them. Is where is that game? Oxford. Oxford. Oh yeah, that's they get LSU good. in Oxford too. Yeah, both of those are boat race. That's the other one. That's the next one. That's boat race games. I'm talking about if you can get Ole Miss money line right now in the A&M game because they're probably considered underdogs right now, take it. Uh, Texas A&M will not be able – they can't score against Colorado. They will not be able to score against uh, – they won't be able to keep up. They just can't. Um, if Spiller doesn't if Spiller doesn't break the 67-yard run – I know it doesn't work like this. He did break it, and he's a hell of a, hell of a player. But if he doesn't break it, I think Arkansas holds them to less than 200 – Yards and three points. Yeah, they're struggling right now, and, and it's and their injury. I mean, it's not like they're just terrible. They they're they're the most beat up team that nobody knows about. I guess I know. I probably I don't know if I can. I guess I can't say that. I don't care, but they're very beat up, like beat up bad. And 
you know, do they get guys back? I don't know, but they wasn't like an offensive juggernaut when they were healthy. So they can't keep up. I mean, I would, if you can find that somewhere in Ole Miss money line against Texas A&M early somewhere, I don't know how they do that at some weird places, but I'd take that one all day long. LSU, um, who else? Um, State. All right, so <laughs> interestingly enough, I think State's a tougher matchup for Ole Miss than Texas A&M is, as crazy as that sounds. Um, now, it's the Egg Bowl, and all, you can all throw everything out. You're going to be down there in the cowbells and all that stuff. Ole Miss won the game, yes. But that game is not going to be – like, I think they're going to be A&M and LSU worse than they will Mississippi State. Um, who else Who else am I missing? Vanderbilt Liberty is it, so you're good. Oh, that, I'm just interested. <laughs> I'm just interested on that one. Like, how about this? I'm going to be at that game. That's going to be my first game back in the vault. I, I told Hugh it would be the first game back. I, I couldn't go back and come back until he came back. That was kind of our deal. So, <laughs> I'm interested in that game. But, oh, yeah, Tennessee, you know, sorry. Liberty's got to come on. They're, they're struggling. They're not they're – not, I don't think they're as good on offense as they were a year ago. But uh, just, just because of the storylines, I have to – Love that game. I mean, come on. How does you handle that? I know we're keeping you way too long. I mean, but I'm, I'm, this is interesting. We'll talk. I'm more. the boss now. I don't have to. I'm the boss now, so I can start my own staff meetings when I want to. We'll get you back on that week. But when when Hugh's getting ready to come back that week, does he? And look, they finally lost a game, and I, I don't think they're particularly good. Does he? Is he? Does he do the humble thing? How does he handle that that week? Because I know, I know, there's a fine fine line between what he says and what he kind of wants to say and what he thinks. Right. And I mean, there's, there's a lot. It's a, hair, it's a razor thin line. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he's going to handle it gracefully and humbly and all that. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, but I know it's important to him. You know, I mean, how could it not be? Sure. I mean, you, you can't, I'm on the, I can't, you know, one of my, one of my favorite, one of my, I guess my least favorite, I guess, coach speak things of all time is it's just another game. That's bull crap. Okay, <laughs> some of them are, and some of them aren't. Okay, it's like this game Saturday to both sides is not just another game. Okay, well, regardless of what they say in the media, this is not another game, and they're not. No, of course, so, not. Of course not. It's a game that both. Eh, both I hate. It. Like I hate that. It's just another game. Let's go one zero this week. I mean, come on, guys. All right, like I'm. I hate Coach Pete. Um. But it is what it is, as I hit you with Coach Peak. <laughs> but, yeah, it's not going to be another game. I think you'll handle it humbly. I think you'll handle it with grace. Um, but it's going to be important to him for sure, no doubt. Yeah, no, and, yeah. It sh- and it should be. What's his next gig? What kind of mm. job? Um, Can he get an I, ACC head job? I think, he can get, I think he can get a gig. The question is, will he take it? You know, I think here's when it comes to taking coaching jobs, I, I think that's, you know, when you're moving up and all that stuff, I, I think you got to understand how what goes through coaches' minds too, right? Like, he is making really good money right now. Y'all, y'all know that, right? Oh, yeah. I don't know if it, no, it's the highest public, paid group of five coach, I mean, in the, in the country. He's got a great gig that fits him well. I just wonder if his ego is such that he, he wants to be on a bigger stage. Yeah, I, I don't – and here's why. I mean, he can stay there and coach for how long? Forever? Forever. Until as long he gets as, ready to hang up the whistle? We agree with that? Yeah, as long as he wants to, sure. As long as he wants to. And he's making plenty of money. Okay, and he's made plenty of money. So this is not a money thing. 
And at this stage in life, and very similar to what I'm doing now, it's a quality of life thing, man. I mean, do you really want to go get, and this is the way, I mean, he's in like literally the perfect fit for him, you know? Um, do you really want to get back into the rat race of recruiting? And do you want to get back in the rat race of the NIL and the transfer portal and, and, and get into a job to where if you start out, you know, one and three, like my man Chad Lunsford did at Georgia Southern after a Sunbelt school went 10 and three, seven and six and eight and five in a Sunbelt school. And he starts out one and three with losses to Arkansas and ULL that they're going to fire you. Do you really want to get back into that rat race of all the pressure and everything when you can just sit there and make millions of dollars for the rest of your life and just roll out in the sunset? That's it. I think the only thing that drives him and, and you know you know it's some people call it ego and it is what it is but he always wanted to get to the top of the mountain you know he always and when he beat alabama he realized that he's good enough to get to the top of the mountain in the right situation and so that's what drives him is he wants to, he wanted a chance to win the national championship that was a dream of his and that's what drives him and to do that now I just don't think – I think at this time and stage in life, I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, why? You know, he can make – what? what's he – is it out there what he's making? It's two something. Uh, Chase? I think it's two something. Two and a half is roughly what it is. Okay, so he can make two and a half. What's he – he's, what, five years old? So is he 48 now, 49, 50? Yeah. $3 million, Tyler. $3 million. $3 million a year at Liberty. Holy. He's, All right, so he can, what, sit there and – He's 50 and, years old. This is saying that his me. contract now – he's got Jimmy Sexton as his agent, so he'll be floated for every job in America. But So that it'll get it'll get up. But let's say he made $3 million for the next 20 years. Yeah. With no pressure in recruiting, no pressure for NIL. The only transfer portal pressure you have is go get somebody. I mean, yeah. he, he's not worried about losing people to the transfer portal. I mean, Why? Why would you go take a – what job does he take? What jobs are coming open? You know, what jobs does he take? I mean, I don't see it. Well, I don't know why you'd go start over. Um, and I think they're facing – I think they're facing to get in, in a league. Um, yeah, I wouldn't. And his name's going to get floated for every job and everybody's but, – but why? I just don't – Yeah. You know, if he was 30 years old and never, had never been there, done that, let's, I get it. So you don't but, think he would jump at like an NC State or something just to get back into a Power Five league? I'm just. I personally well. would be shocked. Yeah. And when his name gets floated, I saw somebody float his name for a freaking for USC. I was like, guys, come on, <laughs> no, no, no. Like, like, what are we you know doing? what? I might personally drive up there at that point and go, no, this is this is not a good idea. You, you, yeah. Yeah, I would, and, and he. I mean, he wouldn't. I mean. People don't remember, like, well, I actually, you know, I've told this story before, but, you know, he was at San Jose State, mm -hmm. and the moving van was in the front yard unloading his stuff in California, and we were three days before spring ball at Arkansas State, and ironically, we had lost Clay Helton. Lane had hired Clay Helton as the quarterback's coach three days before, who was our offensive coordinator at Arkansas State, three days before spring ball. And Steve Roberts picks up the phone and Hugh on the spot. And this is crazy how the coaching world's intertwined. Mike McIntyre is the head coach at San Jose. So Hugh had to go tell Mike McIntyre, hey, I'm leaving to go to Arkansas State. He's like, what? I just hired you. And then he had to tell the moving van to pack his stuff back up and drive back to Jonesboro.
like he's not a California guy. Yeah, he and and he would not yeah. that that L.A. media market, and he would not no. No, would not. No. Like, no, it would be bad. I mean, this USC deal, you know, in the. I just get so the game has changed, man. The game has changed in these in these coach. You can't fire a coach mid season anymore if you're a good if you're a good school. You can't do that. Do you know how many? You know how many schools are just are just pillaging their roster with the transfer portal rules the way it is right now? Oh, I, I mean, mean, I can tell you this, just knowing, and you know far more people in coaching than I do, but I know a few, and I can tell you that the the Southern Cal roster, and look, you and I both know there's tampering at all times, and if you're not tampering, you're not doing your job. But right now, no roster has ever been tampered with more than the one at Southern Cal today. And they have nobody to stop it. There's no one there to stop it. Well, I mean, and if you were to try to stop it, what would you even tell a kid? You have no idea. I mean, no one, no one knows who in the hell is going to be the head coach there. In, in that's what I'm saying. There's no head coach, so there's yeah. no one there to stop it. And, and then the second problem is, is that when you do that, now you're going to hire a coach, okay? And they're going to get a good one. I mean, it's USC. They'll throw enough money out there. They will get somebody. And then when they do it, that coach, instead of recruiting for his own team, is going to have to spend the first two weeks in December recruiting his own team mm-hmm. to keep them to stay because he's going to need them to win. And with the signing period where it is now, and realistically the signing period is December the 20th or whatnot. Correct. The, the other one's the leftover period. Um, yeah, you're screwed. You, 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 at a program like Southern Cal, you're going to completely lose a one whole recruiting class and you're going to lose conservatively eight guys off of your roster today. Oh, easy. Yeah, I mean, it's probably 15 guys. The number eight already may already be gone. They just don't know it yet. Oh, for and, sure, absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, I've heard specifics. I mean, so you, like I said, I, I've been told it's the most tampered with roster in the history of rosters. That literally everybody on that team, except for a handful of kids, has multiple options right now and knows it. Yeah, I would. I would put the amount of schools in the United States uh, colleges that have not looked at that roster or started looking at that roster at zero. Oh, Everybody sure. has. Absolutely. I mean, it's absolutely it, it. It's insane. Now the interesting part, you know, this transfer, you know, we, we haven't seen the last domino fall with the transfer portal rule the way it is. And you'll see that this fall. And that may be one that you'll see it at. Okay. And, and, and it's this, Okay. Let's say, hmm, let's say Luke Fickle gets the USC job. Cincinnati's a pretty good team, right? Yeah, for sure. You got good players, right? Yeah. What's to keep Luke Fickle from taking his top 25 best players from Cincinnati to USC? In the rules, nothing. Nothing at all. That's going to happen. When you have, and USC is a prime example, because – I mean, USC is a tradition, and the NI and the NIL possibilities in the LA. I mean, they they got a lot of stuff to sell, right? Yeah, absolutely. Big market, NIL, big time program, big time budget, big time resources, tradition, the whole deal. What's the key? Whoever gets that job is probably going to be at a lower level, I would say, quote unquote, um, than what they're you know than USC. And so when they go out there, what's the key? You know, especially quarterbacks. You know, what's to keep? You're going to see coaches take leave and take jobs, and they're going to take their own players with them. 
And the same thing, and I don't know if I was telling you this or who I was telling, but think about, like, if the rules were in place, these same rules were in place when we left Arkansas State and came to uh, Ole Miss. Do you know how much that would have helped our scholarship numbers because we were so far down and getting and starting to win? Like, and I love my man Bo. Bo was my guy, okay? But Bo was with us. Well, we would probably bought Ryan Applin. Would have been our quarterback at Ole Miss. It wouldn't. Have, it wouldn't. Have, and it's just funny how things happen because Ryan Apple would have probably came to Ole Miss, we, or we would have died trying to get him here. I can tell you that because he's really good. And there would be no Gus Malzahn saga because Gus Malzahn got the Arkansas State job, and if it wasn't for Ryan Applin, he wouldn't have got the Auburn job because he was he was the player of the year in the league for three years in a row. The guy got. I always joke with him. He's now the running backs coach at Arkansas State. He's single-handedly responsible for the career of uh, Hugh Freeze, Gus Malzahn, and Brian Harson. Because if it wasn't for him, none of those would have got none of those three guys would have got another job. So when you think about that and the domino effect and the butterfly effect that all that causes, that's going to happen this 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 off season. Somebody's going to take a job like that, like us from Arkansas State coming to Ole Miss, and we would have brought you know big time players, all these in you know. Shoot, we left a first-round draft pick, Eric Bradbury, over there. You don't think we would have liked to have had a first-round corner on that first team in 2012? Oh, for sure. You would have brought Yeah, you, I mean, brought you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you're going to see that happen. Like, Absolutely. if Billy Napier takes a job somewhere, that's happening. The Oxford Exxon Podcast, also brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. If you're thinking about traveling, here's what you need to do. Get in touch with John, give him some parameters, give him a budget, and let him give you some options that is going to provide added values, unique benefits, simply not available to other travelers. It's going to make a special trip one that creates a lifetime of unique memories. 901-494-3387 or send him an email at jedwards at regencytravel.net. We're also brought to you by Grenada Nissan. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, Grenada Nissan's the place to go. They've got a complete selection of new and previously owned Nissan vehicles. Great lease deals as well. It's GrenadaNissanUSA.com. Whitney McNutt of Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors sponsors my mailbag that will be up on Wednesday at rebelgrove.com. Whitney serving you for all of your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. She sells condos, land, commercial, and residential family homes. And you can reach her at 662-567-2573 or 662-842-3844. We're also brought to you by Service Specialist with offices in Ridgeland, Canton, Jackson, and Oxford. Service Specialist has been connecting candidates and employers since 1967 as the oldest staffing company in Mississippi. Whether you're a new college grad or a seasoned professional, whether you're in engineering, dentistry, accounting, law, manufacturing, human resources, or more, you should contact Service Specialist. If you're a recent grad without much experience, reach out to Service Specialist because they're always looking for candidates that have potential and they want and want to learn and get their foot in the door with growth opportunities. And look, let's be real. Mississippi's a small state. Everybody knows everybody, which means service specialist always knows about jobs that never get advertised. Prospective employers looking for strong candidates, you should call too, because if you're looking to hire quality talent for your company, service specialist has names and resumes ready for your perusal. There are no referral fees for those searching for a job either, so you have nothing to lose. Call service specialist 662 832 5138 or go to service And we're brought to you by Alpha Specialties, located at 1670 Highway 80 in Pearl, Mississippi. They're your trailer specific professional. If you want to haul it, they can call it at Alpha. They're the premium trailer dealership in Mississippi. They've got Load Trail, it's the premium brand trailer, highest quality utility equipment dump and gooseneck trailers being built today. 
They also have Hallmark Cargo Trailers, one of the most quality cargo trailers on the market. Perfect for hauling goods to markets and shows, ATVs to deer camps, hauling race cars, and more. Alpha can even work with third parties to have game day trailers and concession trailers built just for you. So give them a call, 601-932-9798, or check them out at alphaofms.com. My visit with Chance Campbell is up on YouTube. It's also up at rebelgrove.com. It's brought to you by The Rogue. The Rogue is your destination for fine men's clothing. Their stylist hand-select pieces from top designers from work to lifestyle to nightlife. There's the perfect something for everyone at The Rogue. All the best items from Peter Millar, Martin Dingman, Jack Victor, Halsey, True Grit, and more. 4450 I-55 North in Jackson or therogue.com. And we're brought to you by Joey Erickson at Heron Gear Chevrolet. Let Joey help you find the vehicle you're looking for at a price you can afford. Choose from a full selection of new Chevrolet vehicles or get a great deal on numerous brands of reliable pre-owned vehicles. Just give Joey a call or text at 662-571-2367 or stop and see him in person at 1685 High Street in Jackson to test drive that new or used vehicle you've been wanting. Let Joey earn your business. Again, 662-571-2367 or 1685 High Street in Jackson. I don't think they're going to be able to pass legislation to prevent that, though. I, I, I don't. They won't. They can't. It's happening. Yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 about to be the Wild West. I think it's one of the things that people people like college football because of its craziness, and the craziness is kind of just getting started. Yeah, they passed too many crazy rules this year with NIL and transfer portal. You know, you're usually only good for one of those like every ten years, um, and they passed two in the same year. And so, you know, you're, you know, everybody thought that everybody's going to get rich off this NIL deal. Well, it's just going to be the quarterbacks. That's the only people making money. Mm -hmm. That's it. Chance Um, Campbell's making money. You you can go get you a little, you know, the the best DB in America goes and gets a car deal. I'm sure that's probably not the first car deal he's ever been offered either. But, you know, but now, you know, it's just like, with the NIL stuff, it's, in my opinion, the NCAA got tired of, of investigating people getting paid to play. Mm-hmm. And they just so, decided to turn, turn ahead. So since you bring up NIL, and we'll, 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 I promise we're stopping here. Since you bring up NIL, from an NIL perspective, and I want to reemphasize that, from an NIL perspective, the Georgia defense is worth what cumulatively? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. Uh, they got they got the they got the uh it's like I can't tell who's got a better payroll. Is it the Washington football team or the Georgia Bulldogs? Let's see here. Carry no, I, I mean look but here's the thing is you just gotta be creative, okay? <laughs> and like it really bothers me that like of all people, of all people there's like two or three like weird teams that have this figured out. Like this is not a hard thing. Okay. This is really not a hard deal. Okay. Because the coaches, I guess, can't appro- approach the boosters. Do y'all have a lot of boosters listening to your program? I would think so. All right. Can, can I, can I share with you how for, if Ole Miss wants to win a national championship, can I explain, can I explain a very easy way to do it? Since I'm not tied to sure. university. I think, right? I think right? if I were to say no, people would get angry right yeah. now. So sure, Tyler, go for it. Okay. Here's what it takes. All right. We're running, you're running, you're in the SEC. Okay. And you're running budgets north of a hundred million dollars of school. Okay. In athletic departments. Correct. Absolutely. Correct. Yeah. Okay. No doubt. So 
What sport drives the finances in the SEC? Soccer. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, the football. Right sorry, football. Okay, football. it's football. Yeah. Okay. If you go, and it's a drop in the bucket. It's, I know it's a lot of money, but it's a drop in the bucket in the big picture. It would take $8.5 million a year to pretty much guarantee yourself a national championship. That's what it would cost. And when you're running a budget of hundreds of millions of dollars, in, in the hundreds of millions, it's not hundreds, but it's in the hundreds of millions of dollars, that's a drop in the bucket. You raise eight points, you go get, there's 66, I know this, I know what the number is, there's 66 really big boosters, okay? You go raise $8.5 million, okay? And then you say, okay, all right, who's a great sponsor of uh, FedEx? Okay, guess what? The Ole Miss football team is FedEx fast. Woohoo! You give every scholarship football player $100,000 a year. You're going to get every recruit that you want. You're never going to lose anybody that you don't want to lose to the portal. Who's going to leave and transfer somewhere if they're getting $100,000? You think the freshman quarterback's going to leave on that? No, he's going, man, this development well, thing is so bad. Let me sit here and see if I can get better. I've heard that different Georgia NILs are allegedly five times that amount. Yeah, you, you, well, the some, some a, positions. Yeah, right, here's and, what you and, do. And, and, I'm talking about as a, as a whole, you get, yeah, some positions. <laughs> 3.92 be exact. But anyway, <laughs> here we go. So, um, uh, but you get every scholarship player is, on, is getting $100,000 a year. Now, let's look at this situation. You get into a, a DK Metcalf situation, okay, where DK was injured, okay, and should he come back, should he not, because, I mean, he was injured. You know, what's he, where's he going to fall, all that stuff. Yeah. You start keeping these guys that are borderline decisions, whether they need to go to the NFL or not, a Dawson Knox, a Greg Little, those kind of guys. You start keeping them around for an extra year because guess what? They're making $100,000 playing college football. That's a pretty good gig, okay? And they can continue to develop. If they're an in-between guy, they don't have to leave and be a fourth or fifth-round pick. And then think about the transfer portal guys you're going to get. Because somebody's going to do this. It's just a matter of who. I mean, it's not – it's just somebody's going to get it figured out. And it was like Miami, but Miami came up with like $600,000 of split. That ain't going to do anything. Yeah. It's got to be – got to hit, you know. The question would be how could you get a – and we're using FedEx here, but whoever, Company X, how, how, how could you get them to say, hey, this is, this is in our best interest from a business corporate standpoint? It doesn't have to be FedEx. It could be uh, – it could be uh, who's, your, who's your best sponsor? Well, I don't want you taking my sponsors away. No, I'm just saying uh, what is, is I got it, a family feed too. I don't know if you changed or not. Who, who's your no. who's your title sponsor for the podcast? Uh, it's still Cratic Oil. Yeah. Okay, so it could be Cratic Oil. It could be it could be the it could be Taylor's Grocery. <laughs> it doesn't matter who it is because you're funneling all the money through one source. Correct. And push right. it out. It doesn't matter who it is. Right. Any business can do that. And now the answer here is that then 20 schools have the capability to do this, and then you're at least just in a pool of 20. And that's where you're headed, though. Yeah. Correct. That's where it's all going. Yeah. Okay, that's where it's all going. Because right now the way the NIL is, and is here's the here's the big problem with the NIL, is the quarterbacks are the only ones making the money, okay? And that's the, not real money, okay? Yeah, some guy may go get – the offensive lines may go get some deal at the barbecue joint or, or – I think y'all have an NIL deal with somebody, but it's not like it's life-changing money, right? So when you go and those are the only people really I making chance money. And, I think chance but and the problem is, is, is the locker room. With me. Okay. 
you know, they better be sharing that money with their guys or it's going to, you know, it creates divide in the locker room. Yeah. It really does. And people don't understand that. But if you ever get busted for cheating, every, I guess that's the good news, is if you ever get busted for cheating again, you should be shot. I mean, like, it's just common sense. It's legal cheating now. Yeah. It really is. It's legal cheating. Yeah. Hey, tell us real so, quick uh, what you're doing and how people can get a hold of your podcast and look at what you're doing. Yeah, so, um, well, it really my one business doesn't really affect anybody on the podcast, but I've actually, instead of doing recruiting for one school, I do it for a bunch of schools now. So we, we've, I've created a software that's a recruiting database, and um, we're up to about 44 schools right now using our uh, product for all, literally in every single conference in, the, in America, from the SEC to the Sun Belt, um, Big Ten, the whole giddy up. And so that's kind of the core of what we're doing, and we're having a little – uh, podcast for fun. It's called Home Visit uh, with Tyler Siski and the Associates, and uh, it's on Apple, Spotify, all that stuff that you can do podcasts on. Um, I have uh, DJ Elliott is with me. He's another football coach. He's coached at uh, Colorado's defense coordinator at Colorado, Kentucky, Florida State, all those places. So, and then I had Eddie Grand, who was an Ole Miss guy. He was on there with me, but he got uh, hired back. They let him go at Kentucky last year, and they just hired him back uh, last week. So Is that he's right? back at Kentucky, so he had to leave the podcast. So, um, but we 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 get on there and we talk ball and uh, make betting picks, and uh, we're starting to heat up, man. It was a great weekend. I had a I had a uh, I had a nine and three weekend. So. I didn't. Glad we're not letting you yeah. in our picks. <laughs> yeah, you'd, you'd be running away with our picks. Well, right this was the first week. I, it takes me about – I, I did do my preface and told everybody don't listen to me for a couple of weeks. I got to see everybody play. And then once I see everybody play, I start I start getting it getting it lined up a little bit. And then uh, had a good, had a 5-1 and one NFL weekend. So that was good, oh, Chase. That is good. 5-1. Yeah. So – Well, hey, bud, thanks for the time. Really, a lot of people loved it. It was great. And we'll hope to do it again, I hope. Sounds good, guys. Appreciate you. All right, Tyler. That was Tyler Siski, an hour and four minutes with us. Yeah. Tons of stuff there. Tons of really good stuff with uh, with Tyler. And here's the good news, too. Wednesdays are always kind of the search days. we got plenty to talk about tomorrow. Anything that we would have uh, talked about today, definitely didn't want to stop him. Is uh, good stuff. Again, been on Ole Miss' staff, Alabama's staff, knows a lot of people involved, and is uh, – Eye on the Rebels to an extent heading into... I need to do uh, a few of these that need to be on video. Um, okay, sure. We're brought to you by Walk-On Sports Bistro. They put everything they've got into bringing you game day with a taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth-watering Louisiana cuisine. With po'boys, gumbo, voodoo shrimp, fan favorites like juicy burgers, fresh salads, quality fresh ingredients you can't help but crave. Again, they've opened at 720 Highland Colony Parkway in Ridgeland. I was in there Saturday. It's a beautiful restaurant. Great lighting. The food was excellent. Uh, lots of TVs. You're going in to watch games over the weekend. That would be a great place to go. They've got the game volume on, so you can listen to the broadcast. They had. I was in there at noon on Saturday, so it was Mississippi State and LSU on most of the TVs, but they had the Vanderbilt-Georgia mauling. They had uh, Wisconsin-Notre Dame. They had other stuff up. So if you're going in there Saturday afternoon, I'm betting Ole Miss-Alabama is on, uh, on 90% of the screens. be a great place to go watch that game and enjoy everything that they offer at uh, at Walk-Ons. We're also brought to you by Brothrow. It's a social sp- uh, sports betting network. It's free to use. I was introduced to, it, introduced to it recently. It's a really cool, fun way to bet. No third party, so there's no juice. Over time, that saves you money. Uh, you can start your own group, make friends, invite your friends. Payment happens within 24 hours of the conclusion of your bet. 
You can uh, take the other side of an existing bet, start a new bet, and more. Sign up today at bet.brothrow.com backslash MPW. You have to request to uh, to be invited, uh, to be accepted, but if you put that code in, that'll happen for you, and you can start enjoying that today. We're also brought to you by Muddy Water Camo. Enter the promo code Rebel Grove. Get 35% off uh, any products from the site. Free shipping on $100 or more at muddywateroutdoors.com. Deadsoxy.com, same promo code Rebel Grove. Get 25% off the best socks you have ever put on your feet there at deadsoxy.com. We're also brought to you by 7 South Tailgating. Uh, if you're signing up, just heard Tyler talk about the Arkansas game. That game will be here before you know it. LSU two weeks after that, three games in November, including that Liberty game, including Texas A&M. You can sign up for full packages, single packages. Just get in touch with the people at 7 South Tailgating at 7SouthTailgating.com, 662-321-1682. And then speaking of the Grove, don't forget to make sure you get your Game Changer Patch Company uh, patches available. You're going to need those this weekend. You might need them next weekend. You're going to need them throughout the year. So, uh if it's 52 to 49, you'll need all the game changer you can get on your body. It's a two-patch system. It's uh, use one before you drink, and the other, the overtime patch, use it after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep. It's GameChangerPatch.com, promo code REBELGROVE20 at checkout for 20% off of your entire purchase. So back tomorrow with another edition of the show. Again, we'll talk about Lane Kiffin's press conference, about what Nick Saban has said. We'll look at uh, maybe some playoff news as uh, commissioners getting together. Some things coming from Ross Dellinger this morning oh, about really? that. Yeah. What's so, the What's um, the general consensus? They're trying to figure out if they can get over the hurdles to a 12-team playoff and when it might start. The so one hurdle is that ESPN can't be the sole. Correct. That's, that's what it all is. <laughs> yeah. So we don't know dates. We don't know anything. But they're talking about that this week. Several different meetings going with that. So we'll recap that tomorrow. And much more. So appreciate Tyler again for all that time today. Good stuff from him. Have a good day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.